No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. podcast contains mature content the views and opinions expressed by the coast are not necessarily those of the host listener discretion is advised ladies and gentlemen welcome to the smack and a raw podcast episode Ms. 193 v oh we're not doing that <laughs> no 193 oh i'm sorry i misunderstood i am your host the warden matt ritter i am here of course with the hardest part of the ring from the apron bump podcast kyle what's going on man daddy's home uh daddy's not home uh oh. dad Daddy might be homeless, so uh, oh, we'll no. see. We'll see uh, when he comes back. Um, yeah, no. Hey, how you been, man? I, I feel like it's been forever since we've got to do a podcast together. So you know, yeah, like a yeah. week. Yeah, a whole week without you and your delicious lips. How could, uh, how could I? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me, though. It's it's a pleasure as always. It should be fun. Should be fun. So, um, right off the bat, you are like what one thirty second Asian? Isn't that something like that? Something like that. I think one thirty third. Something like I'd that. To, yeah. I'd have to review my documents, but um, I did see that recently they passed the uh, anti Asian hate crime bill. So mm -hmm. uh, any acts uh, against Asian Americans or Asian people in America uh, due to COVID or whatever is now considered a hate crime and blah blah blah. So that just went through. But I also saw some things that kind of bothered me. So one, obviously we always talk about black lives matter. We always ask you guys to go and support young Kings wrestling uh, over at whatamaneuver.com. Get that black lives matter shirt because that money goes to a good cause, goes to a good place. And we know who's collecting it and what they're doing with it. But um, I saw a lot of uh, a talk about how it only took three months to get this bill passed yet. We've been doing riots and everything. And while I agree, and it is very telling that, you know, we can, in three months push this bill through which was needed that's that's the point i want to make is like let's not take away from the fact that this needed to be done um because what was happening to america or asians in america um was terrible uh but also we as americans and our justice system if we can do this we can push something through for black lives matter there's no reason why we can't and it's kind of a travesty that we haven't already um, but I don't want that to detract from the importance or have it be a, well, they got this and we didn't sort of thing. Like both things are needed. Uh, and now that we've passed one, we need to push our lawmakers to do the same thing for the black lives matter cause and for black people in America. Um, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with that. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's good to see things like that can be pushed. Um, I think at the heart of it, I mean, it's more of like, a, I mean, not to get on a tangent, but it's like a societal issue rather than, you know, yeah. a law that can be signed and everything gets fixed. So I think everybody can do their part in uh, being better, I guess. Hate is hate. You know, no one's born with hate. It's, it's all learned. So there's things we can all do to kind of help that too. I agree. I agree. Um, 
news and rumors uh did you hear about mongo i did yes yeah so he's got als yep Yep. uh luke garrick's disease um from what i've heard he's in good spirits but that's generally not a good uh prognosis so being a fan of the bears for the better part of my life minus the last six years because of jay cutler and then i just never got back into it Um, and also a fan of really bad WCW now. Right. I was about uh, to say, I'm a big Horseman fan, so therefore I'm a big Mongo fan. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see Mongo going through this. Um, yeah. Only heard good things about him as a person, and he's provided us, all of us, such entertainment, you know, whether it's for good or bad, a lot of entertainment through uh, WCW and everything else he's done, commentary and all that. So uh, best of wishes to him. Like you said, it's not a great prognosis, but... Um, yeah, it's good days in good spirits, though. Absolutely. Uh, now let's make fun of a wrestler. So, uh, have you seen the shit with Ryback? Uh, this fucking guy. So his, uh, I don't know. His social media is is a gold mine. He's, he's I, the one guy I'll never unfollow. I have to believe. I'm surprised I'm not blocked by him because he blocks everyone. But <laughs> I have to believe he's trolling people with this shit because he put out a poll of where. His fans wanted to see him go next, and he had WWE, AEW, Impact, and then Retire. And overwhelmingly, Retire won the poll. Why is Retire even an option he puts there if he doesn't want... See, that's why I feel like he's got to be trolling. And also, I read his, like, post remarks and everything, and he's got more ridiculous. So he recreated the poll because he said there were fraudulent votes. And at first, I took that seriously. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is that delusional. But then as things went on and people said, why would you put retire if you don't want to retire? Why even make retire an option? He was kind of like baiting them. And he's like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Can you explain? And -hmm. then there was something about how uh, most of them were mail-in votes. So like now he's just kind of playing with it Uh, and having fun with it. So I I really don't think he was that serious. Um, I think he's just kind of trolling the people that said he should retire Mm because fuck them. But again, yeah. Why make retire an option? You know, being part of the IWC that whether they really want to see you retire or not, that's what they're going to pick. Cause we're all dickheads. Like yeah. <laughs> as, as you said on your podcast, we're all douchebags. We are all of us. Yeah. It's, I think his first poll was probably real, but then the second obvious, I think he's like leaning into it a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. What's the end game for him really? Like I'm the guy that everybody wants out of wrestling. Hire yeah. me, please. Like, I don't know. Well, it, it kind of brings me to a good point because I was thinking about this, especially after watching the Roddy Piper documentary on Amy, which was great, is you don't really, there's like no good way to get real heat anymore. Not like Roddy Piper heat. Like you watch that documentary and he talked about people sending death threats to his house, having to rush out of buildings, rush his family out of buildings for their safety, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, society-wise, you can't really get that kind of heat anymore. Because especially us as the IWC, if you did something to get that kind of heat, which would have to be offensive, you would have to do something yeah. offensive to get that kind of heat. That's how Rowdy got uh, Rowdy got it. We're going to blame it on WWE or AEW. We're not going to blame the person and hate the person and want to see the person get beat up more. We're going right. to blame the company for allowing them to do that. And how dare they? And this isn't right. And that blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. It's similar to the heat that like Nia Jax will get because they're both kind of in the same, like we injure people, we're reckless, we're not good at our job. So all, all the fans hate us. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't really translate well to a uh, wrestling product, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, you got guys like Roman Reigns who, I mean, you could, we could debate that all day if he has like true heat or not, because I feel like everybody just thinks he's entertaining and yeah. loves, loves seeing him, doesn't really hate him. 
but you can kind of like get sucked in while you're watching it and want him to lose i guess i guess that's really like the peak level of heat you can get it's the weirdest thing to think about the fact that they portrayed this guy as a superman like a superhero baby face all around good guy and we booed the shit out of him and then the moment he became lex luther and started hurting all of our favorite guys ended daniel bryan's career which we'll talk about here later on in the show all this stuff now all of the sudden we're cheering him and we love him and we're excited for his new theme music like mm-hmm. we're the weirdest group of fucking people <laughs> in the world where the good guy that we're supposed to root for we're like no fuck you but the bad guy oh we love you hurt more people retire yeah. more of our favorites continue to just do things to upset us and we're going to eat it up and cheer for it right. like it's, we're douches man defiant douches wrestling fans are Although he did get booed at WrestleMania, did he not, for the most part? Um, it could have been just people playing into it, which I guess is the idea. But I also don't know if there was any dubbed over audio for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's always a question, too. It's, like, it's so weird that I've become used to the Thunderdome as like right. the standard for wrestling now, yeah. to where I'm not even paying attention to that shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it just so. feels right. Um, also... NXT UK Dublin was canceled. So it's been changed twice now. Like it was pushed back mm-hmm. from 2020 and then pushed back again and then pushed back one more time. And now apparently they've officially canceled it. So we will not be getting NXT UK takeover Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, but not surprising, I guess. Hopefully um, I don't really know what the situation is over there and how uh, much progress they're making as far as getting full scale fans back. But hopefully we can get something by the end of the year, or early next year. Yeah, those guys because you haven't gotten a uk takeover since uh i don't even remember it's been like two years almost right yeah it was i think it was probably 2019 so yeah yeah they always two years they're always great so the sooner we can get those back the better it's so weird for me watching nxt uk because i'm not used to really watching wrestling and not taking notes so i put it on and then yeah. i'm like watching it and i don't like at the beginning of the show before like i get myself lost and i'm always like oh, wait, I don't have to take notes for this because we're not covering it. And then I just kind of yeah. sit there and I like don't know what to do with myself for a second. Like, <laughs> Wait, so I, I just watch the TV? I just get to watch and enjoy this. This is fucking odd. But um, it's, it's nice to have that, though. It's nice to have something you can just like not be a podcaster about and just watch. Which is why we don't cover NXT UK. So if anyone ever yeah. wondered why I watch it, but we don't cover it, that's part of the reason why is it's just like it's my little slice of solace where I can just watch right. something and enjoy it and not have to deep analyze it or take notes or tear it apart and blah blah blah. i can just let it play out and enjoy yeah, it exactly nxt uk is great man i mean i watch it every it's such like an easy watch like it's an hour i mean it's less than that i think and it's all like it's good stuff you'll like get at least one really good match and just like a bunch of really good segments building everybody up i mean i do have the small issue of i don't like what they're doing with the heritage cup because it doesn't make sense to me but other than that you know like people having to carry a, tr- a trophy through tsa I will give them credit though because we were having those British rounds matches every week and now they've stopped doing that like we didn't get one this I think the last two weeks so like right well they're building to uh a kid versus Tyler Bate right yeah that's so, the next match so yeah I like that they do that though because it differenti- differentiates the UK product from the American next to UK so yeah it's just I felt like, like I was getting a gimmick match every week and I was getting like overloaded because it's it's a it's it's not like an overly complicated concept, no. the British rounds match, but like it's a long match. So like every week, you know, you're in for six three minute rounds with breaks in between, and yeah. So, yeah. um, 
do you have anything else news and rumors wise that popped in your head that you're like hey we should talk about this because i didn't really write a lot down that was that was it yeah i mean the only thing i can think of just off the top of my head is the whole uh partnership with mlw and wwe i think that's just rumors at this point i don't think anything's yeah. official so there's really not, maybe not so much we can get into on that um but if that does become a thing i mean i know people are kind of comparing it to like evolve and they think that mlw is just gonna become evolve and it's gonna be like an nxt to nxt and then mlw is gonna get bought out and it's gonna like disintegrate and i think that's a lot of assumptions it's you know it could happen i guess but you know the more that wwe is willing to partner with other independent I don't know if they're independent, but yeah, I guess independent companies. Um, I think that's better for the business as a whole, in my opinion. Have you ever seen the uh, the show American Gods? No. All right, so there's a there's a uh, basically like an Aphrodite character, like a, a goddess of sex on there, and it, at least in the first season, I, I haven't watched the most recent one. When she has sex with a man, she basically like absorbs him or devours him. Mm. That's kind of what I think of with the WWE is every time they get into these relationships, like with ECW, yeah. so on and so forth, like it's nice, it's coitus, they're having fun, it's right. playful. And then all of a sudden WWE just consumes them and makes them part of the giant mm. machine. So a succubus. Yes. In other yes. words, I'm familiar with uh, South Park. I don't know if that's specific to that show or if that's a real thing, but uh, no, it's a real thing. Oh, succubuses. They're, they're yes, real things? They, they're real. They're real. Okay, maybe it's a Midwestern thing. I thought so you I'm didn't like South Park because of your name. You know, that is a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> I hate the people that use South Park against me. Yes, yes. More yes. specifically. I remember the first time I had Kenny on my show, I made a South Park joke about, oh my God, we booked Kenny. And then I listened to your show and he came on and said how he hates that people do that. But yeah. he didn't tell me that when I had him on. And I'm like, well, what the <laughs> fuck, Kenny? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's the first time he's heard that joke before in his life. Oh, absolutely. That's probably so, some new material you're you know, dropping on him. I'm I'm fairly original. So yeah, yeah. I mean you're a comedic genius, a lot of people say. I appreciate that. Where do you want to start, man? Raw, SmackDown, NXT, or AEW? Uh let's go uh let, let's go SmackDown since it's pretty fresh. All right. And uh, I know you've been listening, so you know how we do things now. Yep. Run down the card and then I'll ask you what you're swallowing, what you're spitting. Uh, we kick it off with Bianca welcoming us to SmackDown. She's interrupted by Rudolph, because I will not call them the Dirty Dogs, who are then interrupted by the Street Profits, who are then interrupted by Bailey, And then uh, Bailey laughs in Bianca's face, and Bianca slaps her, and they brawl, which made me happy. Uh, Bianca and the Street Profits defeat Bailey and Rudolph. Um, we got a little bit of offense between Bianca and Rudolph in there, uh, which I appreciated as well. Uh, Daniel Bryan does an interview, says he's at peace with his decision, says he's going to win. And when he does, Cesaro is going to get it the first shot. We also had predictions all night long from various superstars of who they think is going to win the main event. So I actually really liked this SmackDown because they did this to give that main event a big fight feel to, which to me it did. It felt like something you yeah. could see on a pay-per-view and we got it on free TV. Um, but also throughout the night, they did a lot of, um, like recaps, like, formerly on SmackDown or last week on SmackDown. So any new viewers that came in who weren't familiar with the stories got a quick catch up uh, before we got into the matches. So they knew kind of why they should care. Some of the matches they probably still didn't care about, like Shania uh, being jumped by Natty and Tamina and then Natty and mm -hmm. Tamina defeating Shania. But nobody cares um, about that, to be fair. Yeah. So I also like that because that's something I've always said AEW should do is they, especially the stories that they play out on dark or now have elevation mm -hmm. um, is 
do a quick recap. So those of us who don't watch Dark or Elevation kind of right. know, hey, this is what's been going on. So I, I did appreciate this. I get why they did it. Um, we also got a Ray and Dominic interview where they basically talk about how they're looking towards the tag team titles. Uh, they got a big win and they're looking to uh, become the first ever father and son tag team champions in WWE. Uh, we got chapter two of Aleister Black's book, which I absolutely loved. Um, Biggie versus Apollo, great match for the IC title, ends in DQ. Uh, General Aziz attacks Big E, and then Kevin Owens shows up and attacks Aziz, and then Sammy attacks Kevin Owens. Then we get a big brawl, and then at the very end, Sammy's got the IC title, and Aziz takes him out, uh, and Apollo and Aziz stand tall. Then we got a Paul Heyman interview uh, where he basically pumps up Daniel Bryan and says, Buddy's going to lose because that's what Paul Heyman does the best is makes his Roman's opponent sound so fantastic and says, but they're not my guy. Right. Um, And he does. Daniel Bryan loses to Roman Reigns. Uh, We got new entrance music for Roman. It was a clean win for Roman. No shenanigans. Cesaro comes out to try and save Daniel Bryan from a concerto. Jay ends up tying him up in the ropes and making him watch. And we take Daniel Bryan off of SmackDown with a loss and a concerto. What are you swallowing from SmackDown, Mr. Bird? Swallowing. Well, I'm going to swallow first the whole like intercontinental title situation. I guess, first of all, the match was great, even though it had a wonky finish, which kind of always bugs me. But it's like it had a purpose, though, because it seems to me like it's building to a fatal four way to uh, WrestleMania backlash. And um, I kind of like that. It all felt organic with, uh, you know, Kevin Owens being involved. He had a shot against Apollo last week and then Sammy was in there. And then it's all kind of interwebbed in a way that makes sense to me. And it'll probably be a banger of a match too at Backlash. I agree. Um, They did a really good job of putting this together and making it feel like it wasn't forced. Like you're not shoving Kevin Owens or Sammy Zayn into the situation where they don't belong. Sammy's been hovering around this IC title picture for a while. We've inserted Kevin Owens, which, um, I mean, you got to do something with the guy. He's fantastic. His feud yeah. with Sammy was a natural way to get him into this. You've already got Big E, and for the first time in a while, I'm actually kind of excited for a Fatal Four Way match. Like, yeah, I can't exactly. remember the last time I was excited for it. So, because you have Sammy, he's the former Intercontinental Champion. He's still kind of reeling from losing to that to uh, whoever it was Jeff Hardy. I forget, I forget who he lost it to. It couldn't have been Jeff Hardy. Or Big E? No, it was Big E. It was yeah, Big E. Um, so he has that motivation and you have Kevin Owens basically following him into this situation. And then Biggie and Apollo obviously have their situation. Um, and another thing about this specifically that I loved was Sami Zayn and his cell of the Nigerian nail, because I, it, 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 I lose my mind every time I see somebody take a spike to the throat and just get knocked out. Like you should be like clenching your throat <coughs> like yeah. that. And that's what Sammy was doing. And like, it seems like nobody does that. So I swallowed that down my throat. Everyone's all like, oh, it's a finisher. I'm knocked out. And it's like, no, you got, you got a thumb to the throat. Like yeah, you that's should be the choking. The, yeah. yeah. You can't kick out because you're choking. Exactly. Uh, what else are you swallowing from the show? Um, swallow uh, Roman's new music. Big fan. It's kind of gotten some mixed reviews from what I've seen, but I think it, uh, it fits his character. It's like a final boss kind of has a, that vibe to it, which I really like. I wish it kind of had some more like Samoan like elements to it rather than like the, I don't know, medieval kind of vibe it has, but, uh, I like it. I think it's, I think it's long overdue for him. And his I did too. And I actually had it hyped up for me before I listened to it. So like I went in expecting something really cool and yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. disappointed. Um, young Kings wrestling tweeted out that, 
Uh, Roman's music makes them feel like they're underneath him, and it yes. should. Yeah. And I said, I know a lot of people, including you, who would pay a lot of money to be underneath Roman Reigns. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I appreciated that. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, let's talk about the match. So we got the new entrance music. Like I said, it was a clean win. Where do you see Daniel Bryan? Because I have a theory that apparently wasn't too popular on Twitter that yeah. Daniel Bryan's going to go home. The Bella Twins are going to make their return for their tag team run, and he's going to spend some time with his kids, which I've heard him talk about before. He's yeah. been talking about taking a part-time role and not being full-time. He wants to spend more time at home with the family. The Bell Twins said they want to come back. There's a lot of speculation. Is he going to go to NXT? Is he going to go to Raw? Is his contract up? You know, people want to see him go to AEW. Of course, everyone wants to see everyone go to AEW. Like, right. where do you think he's going to end up? Do you think this is it for him for a little while? Or I agree with you in that aspect. That I think he is going to take some time off. Um, I think I'm wondering if he he even knows Honestly, at this point, I think they kind of left it open because they did make it specifically he's banned from SmackDown. So that obviously opens up the possibility of him showing up somewhere else. I would personally love to see him in NXT. I think he uh, that's a name, a big name value that uh, could build up somebody else in NXT or several people. Or maybe they'll just throw him on Raw. They see Raw, how it's, how it's slacking. Hey, let's throw BB in there. Maybe he'll make this show watchable. But uh I think he'll stick under the WWE umbrella for a while. I, I think he'll stay there till he retires personally. Do you think Cesaro has a chance of dethroning Roman Reigns? No, no not at all. This is just a, I like, I, I love the, uh, the story they got going on with Cesaro. I think they've acknowledged that Cesaro can't really cut a promo. So they, they had D D Daniel Bryan do it basically for him last week. And then they like kind of had a story at the end of the match this week where he, he didn't talk. He basically just watched. It was all physical stuff. So if they keep with that kind of stuff, I think it'll be good. It'll be a good story going down the line. It'll probably be an awesome match whenever it happens. I'm assuming backlash. Um, but ultimately, I feel like it's just like a, another name for Roman to beat on his way to uh, whenever he loses it. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I like seeing guys like Cesaro or like down in NXT, only working in Danny Burch, getting the title run, you know, yeah. just as acknowledgement for all of the hard work that they put in and the things that they've done. So I would appreciate to see Cesaro at least get one championship run with the WWE title, because there are a lot of guys that I thought earned it and deserved it that never got it. Like British Bulldog, who we saw right. in the 95 Royal Rumble that we just recapped with you over mm -hmm. on your page that you guys can go listen to in the super show that we did. Um, so I wouldn't mind it, but yeah, again, I have a feeling they're going to build them up, get our hopes up and then have Roman squash him again. Um, we're probably not going to see maybe a big E next year at WrestleMania. If he wins the Royal rumble or they're going to really have to build, build, build somebody up to be that guy to beat Roman Reigns. Yeah. And I don't think Cesaro is going to do it. Um, I, I, dude, it was a great fucking match. Though. Like I said, it was, yeah. I'm watching it. It was pay-per-view quality on free TV. I do have to uh, blame you and Kenny for something, though. What's that? I'm watching this match, and I see Daniel Bryan do a diving headbutt off the top rope and put in the yes lock, which is essentially a cross face. Mm -hmm. And I think about how he inserted himself now twice into a triple threat at WrestleMania. And now all I can think of is Daniel Bryan and Chris Benoit because you guys and your dark-ass humor... <laughs> What did we do? Remind me. Well, Kenny made a Chris Benoit joke in the chat, and then you brought up the uh, turnbuckle spot from right. over the edge with Owen Hart. I didn't bring that up. 
You did. Kenny brought that up, and I just he volleyed it up, and I I spiked it. But Kenny said his favorite spot, and you went over the edge. Literally, he said his favorite spot is the that turnbuckle. Like what? What else? Who? I don't know. How else are you supposed to take that? I'm just saying, you guys got me in a dark mindset. Now here I am watching Daniel Bryan do diving headbutts and cross faces, and I'm like, uh. Well, don't listen to the episode me and Charlie did that comes out in a few weeks because there are some dark Benoit jokes on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to swallow Bianca because this is the Bianca that I wanted to see. I got tired of watching Bianca as women's champion sit there and let Sasha disrespect her and let Bailey disrespect her without, you know, putting hands on someone. I said it last week, like she needs to. So when Bailey comes in the ring and snatches the mic out of her hand and she's like, excuse you? And then mm-hmm. Bailey starts laughing. She finally hit her. And I'm like, thank God. Do not let these women walk all over you. You've got to be that champ. You are the champ. You can't let this happen. And honestly, for whatever reason, even though I've seen Street Profits versus Rudolph, and I'll, I still enjoy the six-person uh, tag match. I love the fact that Bianca got in there and got Dolph up on her shoulders. I love mm-hmm. you know, the spot with Robert Roode with the hair where she whipped him to break the pin. Like, yeah. It was good shit. So, and the more I get of Montez and Bianca and Dawkins, the more I enjoy it. So give me more. Yeah. I thought that was all great too. I think the, the tag division on SmackDown, I think is like low key, pretty good. I think it's better than a lot of people give it credit for, even though there's not that many teams, the teams that they have are great with, uh, you know, Alpha Academy, Mysterios. I think they're, they're all great teams and they all have great matches together when they have them. It's just like, you know, it's all about making those titles mean something. I guess it just takes time. And the last thing I'm swallowing is Alistair Black because I will swallow nice. Alistair Black seven days a week, twice on Sunday, yeah. uh, if if he allowed me to. Um, <laughs> no, I, I big horror movie fan, as people that are watching this can see from my background and everything. Um, this dark father, this kind of evil, dark preacher character that he's portraying his father to be and kind of alluding to that he's uh, taking up the mantle of you know, this, uh, this whole thing, really, I, I enjoy the shit out of it. I, I want to see him in the ring and see how it's executed outside of this. Cause that was the big problem last time was, okay, he's in a dark room and he wants a fight, but we waited six months for someone to finally fight him and no one came for him. He had to go out and pick a fight cause no one showed up. So don't just leave mm-hmm. this guy in a room, reading a book for six months. Like let's get him out there and do something with him before you lose the momentum that you're building. I'm not saying it has to be this week, but maybe WrestleMania backlash, have him come out and attack somebody, get into a feud, start something. Don't wait too long to do something with him like you did the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of daddy, the dark daddy, Alistair Black. Um, yes. But yeah, like you said, as long as they capitalize on it, because they've clearly given him, you know, they're taking time to do these vignettes. They're giving effort towards him building his character, which is great. That's like kind of the only thing he's been missing since he's been on the main roster because he's always had great matches. You know, even like the last time in the dark room and it led to a match with Cesaro. Like that was all great, but then they kind of just literally disappeared after that one match. So, um, yeah, Alistair Black, he's one of my top guys in WWE right now. So, absolutely, Love what I'm seeing so far. Are you spitting anything from SmackDown? Um, I guess I'm, I'm I'll spit the the Shayna Shayna losing again. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm I almost don't care anymore, which is terrible because so- yeah. 
Go ahead. Here's my issue with this. The match felt rushed. Like I felt like for whatever reason, time got cut or something. They had a longer match. It felt like they were rushing to get in position to do things and do spots, especially with Tamina. Tamina really felt like she was rushing, trying to, she wasn't taking time to kind of climb up and get position. And then because of that, she felt off. There was even a spot that I saw in the match where Nia tagged out so that Shayna could get in. And she was rushing so hard to get out of the ring. It looked like she rolled under the ring and just dropped to the floor, yeah. <laughs> like unintentionally. Right. Which I'm surprised they're not going to, you know, show a clip of and make that a thing for the next six weeks. Oh. But I'm also tired. Don't get me wrong. I get that the women's tag team champions are on both shows. I'm tired of seeing them every show, both shows, mm-hmm. multiple segments and multiple feuds. Let's build up the women's roster on tag roster on raw and have them compete to be the next number one contender and give the SmackDown. And then you can go back and forth help yeah. at pay-per-views. You can even have a SmackDown women's tag team versus a raw women's tag team for the number one contendership. As long as they yeah. don't, you know, meet on raw or SmackDown, you just do it at the pay-per-view, let them cut promos, let them have matches with their own, you know, their own rosters. That's stuff we can do. And I don't know why we're doing that. Why it's, so Shayna Nia centric on both shows, like they eat up more of the show than anyone else, almost. Yeah, no, totally agreed with as far as Shayna and Nia being on both shows. Like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And like you said, it, it just becomes oversaturated at a certain point, and it's like they're fine together. They're not good enough to take up as much TV time as they do. And like you said, they have all these other tag teams that they could build up, but instead of doing that, they use it to kind of further solidify Reginald and I all that I, shit. I don't know who to get behind. Do I get behind Manny, Mandy and Dana? Do I get behind Naomi and Lana? Do I get behind Natalia and Tamina? Like where the fuck are the riot squad who are the only actual tag yeah. team on the entire roster? Like there needs to be more like, promos more uh vignettes that kind of stuff to like like let us know who these people are rather than just match 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 because they're all just cold match after cold match is not going to lead to a hot match and it sucks seeing Shayna lose week after week after week yeah it's like like i said it's almost like i'm so apathetic at this point which is sad because she used to be such a badass and now i was thinking watching this match i was like man Shayna versus natalia or Shayna versus tamina if that was like an NXT a few years ago, that would have seemed like a big time match. But now it's just like another thing. Yeah. You know, two minute match on SmackDown, whatever. Next thing. So SmackDown overall, spin or swallowing? Uh, I'll swallow it. SmackDown, I mean, I've been swallowed. I stay swallowing SmackDown. It's such a good show every week, especially with the main event. You know, just a pure main event. No shenanigans, no bullshit. Just a really good wrestling match with a really good build. Um, Intercontinental style, like all of it, you know. I'm definitely going to swallow it. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and this was one of the weeks where SmackDown to me was more enjoyable as well. I, it, the the pacing, the way they put the show together, yeah. all of it, it, it really did it for me. So I, I'm swallowing as well. Uh, Raw, NXT, or AEW? Where are we going next? Uh, let's keep it main roster. Let's go Raw. Oh, so you want to go from the really good show to the really bad show. All right. Absolutely. Uh, we got Drew and Braun arguing backstage. Uh, Braun says he doesn't need Drew's help. He'll go out there and beat Mason T-Bar on his own. Uh, Braun ends up getting stomped, so Drew comes down and makes a save. We get the tag match. T-Bar and Mace win by countout, and then Braun attacks Drew. Drew tells Adam Pierce he wants Braun Strowman in the main event. Um, so basically, we had a handicap match, a tag team match, and a singles match all featuring Braun Strowman tonight. Um, 
We got the Miz and Morrison with Elias and Riker. They put on a mini concert. Priest interrupts with the New Day. They get pelted with tomatoes. Six-man tag. New Day and Damian Priest win. Sonya sneaks Charlotte in through the back door. Probably not the first time Charlotte's had something snuck in the back door over the Anal last week folks. from what I've seen on Instagram with her and uh, Andrade. Yeah, that's, that's an anal sex joke, everybody. Uh, Charlotte apologizes and the ref accepts. Sonya lifts a suspension and then Charlotte says, hey, you know what? He said it was his fault. I want an apology. He needs to apologize to me. And then we find out Adam Pierce knew nothing about this and is not happy that Sonya went around him and over his head. Um, snitches get stitches. Adam tattles on Sonya on the phone and then Braun comes in, says, if I'm going to have this match and I win, I want to get added to the championship match and make it a triple threat. Uh, Adam agrees because Braun didn't lose the triple threat match, but he also didn't win the triple threat match. So that makes sense. Um, we have the Sheamus open challenge accepted by Humberto again. Hell yeah. Uh, Rhea isn't worried about Charlotte. Doesn't care. Bobby and MVP address Braun being put in the match without their consent. Ladies and gentlemen, consent is key. You can't just mm -hmm. bring another person into this relationship without talking to your dance partner first. Yeah, it's a surprise. Imagine me going out and getting Kyle and bring him in and just telling my wife, oh, by the way, tonight threesome. Sorry, I didn't ask. You got to have sex with this random stranger. Like she she might go for it. He's an attractive <laughs> guy, but she might not. Um, they talk about how triple threats aren't fair because Bobby doesn't have to lose to lose his title. And Bobby said if Braun wins tonight, he is going to do what he has to do to protect his interests. More Shania bullshit. Uh, I'm not even going to really get into that. Um, but we do have Garza giving Nia flowers because everyone on Raw wants to fuck Nia Jax. I mean, can you blame him? Um, MVP confronts Braun Strowman backstage. Uh, Randy and Riddle defeat Cedric and Shelton because RK Bro is a thing and I want to throw up. That's yeah, a fun name. No. T-shirts. Lana, Naomi, and Asuka lose to Rhea and Shania. Uh, Mandy and Dana get scolded by Sonya, and then Mandy is told that she is Charlotte's opponent later tonight. Uh, Charlotte defeats Mandy. We got Alexa's playground with a stupid jump scare prank, and we talk about basically Alexa is going to go share Lily with the rest of the female roster. So finally she's going to get out of the playground and go do something. Uh, Drew loses to Braun. Yay. Yay. And how did I do that again? Thank God you did this because somehow I put my last two notes for AEW at the end of Raw, and I did this a couple weeks ago. And I don't know how I keep doing that. <laughs> it all blurs I'm together. Like, Miro doesn't crush Kip's arm. What am I talking about? Man, that's a swerve. Yeah. Um, what are you swallowing for Monday Night Raw, if anything? Not much. Uh, I'll begrudgingly <laughs> swallow RK Bro. Um, I think it's. <laughs> look, look here. It's probably going to culminate. To Randy Orton beating the shit out of Matt Riddle. Okay. Just to be fair, just to appease you a little bit, right? Um, it's no, it's it's it just seems like it's such like a predictable kind of narrative, like, oh Randy, oh, he doesn't he's not sure of Matt Riddle. Uh he, he'll team with him, but he doesn't like him. And then over time he'll begin to like him a little bit, and then they'll do the pose together. Um, then they'll win the tag team titles and then you know they're gonna break up and then they're gonna feud together. Like it's, it seems like a like a thing we see all the time. So that's like maybe they, they had a great match last week. So if it, it'll just result in more great matches with them in chemistry in the upcoming weeks. But uh 
other than that, you know, if you were Vince, you would have got muted. Uh, I, I will not <laughs> swallow this. I will spit this all day. Um, though I am holding out hope that I do see at some point Matt Riddle get kicked in the face by Randy Orton. I think that'll happen. I think this is a good so. uh, good chance. I, 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 there's one aspect that I did spit about that was fucking Corey Graves. He uh, the whole time he's like, oh, Randy's gonna, oh, oh no, he's not because he thought Randy was gonna RKO or whatever. Matt Rip, Matt Riddle. I keep on calling Matt Ritter. It. Don't do that. Please don't but, do that. But Graves was like telegraphing it. So I'm me, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, I guess they're not uh doing a turn here. Is that all you're swallowing for Monday Night Raw? Um, I'll swallow Sonya. Just I was gonna there. say, I'm gonna swallow the Sonya Charlotte thing where Sonya brought Charlotte in, even the whole apology segment. Um, I I'm really anxious to see where this is leading with Sonya because it seems as though she is either going to take over both brands as the lead general manager slash authority figure, which I'll be good with because I feel like that's, that's something NXT has that raw has been sorely lacking because don't get me wrong. Adam Pierce is Adam Pierce, but he's kind of a pushover. The wrestlers walk all over him, and Mm -hmm. they just need to like, they need to figure that out. They need to, in my opinion, they need to, cause I'm with you as far as the brand split goes to more separation, the more differences, the more like personality that each brand has, the better. And I think like in the past, you had a different GM for each brand. Like, I don't see why that formula doesn't still apply here. Like when you see Adam Pierce on both shows, it, form- it like solidifies that they're really kind of the same thing. They're not different brands. So just put Adam Pierce on one, put Sonya on the other and just leave it at that. You're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll swallow that. Um, anything else I want to still, uh, I didn't like the stupid jump scare, like the internet prank jump scare, but I'll swallow right. Alexis Playground because I, I, outside of what's going on with The Fiend, who again was missing this week from Monday Night Raw, who has just disappeared again after coming back, um, and Bray Wyatt. I do like the story they're kind of telling with Alexa. I like the character that she's portraying, and I'm anxious to see her get back in the ring and hit another sister Abigail or whatever she's going to do and see kind of how they utilize Lily while we're still in the pandemic era and we can do some cool shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, as long yeah, it just seems very vague. It seems like it's been vague for a long time. Like it almost seems like they're biding time. So you're like, I'm with you. I wanted to see her like out there having matches or at least like in the ring doing stuff that have a purpose. You, you chuckled when we talked about it. Are you not swallowing the, uh, the concert and the tomatoes? I'm going to tell you what, the tomatoes were probably the one thing I did like about it, that whole segment there. <laughs> Especially Morrison getting hit in the ball sack with a tomato. That was good. Um, that was great. I mean, <laughs> man, I'll, I'm going to ask you this. As far as the pandemic, no crowds and all that, has that hurt anyone more than Elias? No, I don't. Um, none. Actually, you know what? I don't think so. Cause his whole thing was him interacting with the people there. And it's like, ever since there's been no crowds, Elias has been nothing. Plus you even see Daniel Bryan, like even the people. Yeah. Like they still do the yes chance. They were doing the yes chance last night. Like you saw him on the TV screen. So he's still at least getting some sort of crowd participation, but yeah, no, if the people can't sing along, if they can't walk with Elias, like it's, it's really killed his gimmick on top of being stuck with Riker. Um, who was the weird choice to say out of the forgotten sons when they fired everyone else. So, you know, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. There's, there's um, several things I want to, are, are we spitting? 
Oh yeah, I was about to say, what do you want to spit? Oh, because there, there's several things about that six man tag that I want to spit. Uh, the Riker aspect, which you touched on, is like why, why is he there? Uh, the whole you know, Elias and his lack of momentum, um, and the whole this. I don't know. It's just a six man tag of people. It's like there's no reason to care, and this is like why Raw. I watched Raw this week because I was on here, but I never watched Raw outside of this because it's shit like this. It's like matches that happen that have no reason there are no implications and especially with the aspect like bad bunny's gone so why is damian priest still fucking around with miz and morrison better yet why is morrison and miz why is that even still a tag team because i think they're both holding each other back um you know with that said no not there's no tag team title implications here like the champs weren't even on raw the tomatoes were the thing that saved it in my opinion well they had to do that because I actually don't think I took notes for this, but I'm pretty sure Cedric and Shelton lost another match this week. Did they? I think so. I don't think it was against Viking Raiders, but we didn't see, I don't think we saw Viking Raiders this week. I'm pretty sure Shelton and Cedric lost another match this week or came out for something. And I, I, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Randy and Riddle. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So they're building RK bro. So Shelton was tied up with that. They need something for the new day. And for whatever reason, AJ and Omos with the raw tag team titles are just, not around so yeah so it's a good thing they broke up the hurt business right yeah great idea <laughs> who else would we feed to rk bro if we didn't have that um i'm spitting again shania and now further hurting rhea ripley by adding her to this match now i listened to busted open radio and i listened to bully ray go off about how it was terrible to have rhea hit her finish and then tag in naya and not take the pin mm, that she yeah. could have hit any other move and tagged in Naya. Why hit her finish? Um, it makes her look weak. It makes her look unsure, blah, blah, blah. I just, yeah, yeah. with the way that they're floundering, I don't want to see Rhea anywhere near Shayna and Naya because once you associate her with them, you're going to associate them with, you know, a team that loses most of the time and she's your raw women's champion. Also, I hate that again, the raw women's championship is somehow involved with the fucking tag titles why can't they be separate things? Why can't we have a singles women's feud mm-hmm. and a tag women's feud and not have them fucking scissoring each other? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm never going to complain about a good sizz, but I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in NXT. That'll be something I swallow heavily is how well that's been booked. Just it's under the same, it's still WWE. So how, how do they have it so figured out in NXT, but raw there's just like a, you it's say like the same thing about trying to scissor, but it's all dry. So they're just yeah. smacking dry clams against each other. <laughs> smacking no dry clams pleasure. is the new name of this podcast. <laughs> no longer smacking a raw. We are now smacking a dry clams. <laughs> um, I'm also spitting all the Braun Strowman shit. I, I haven't gave a shit about Braun Strowman since Paul Heyman was running raw and he put that guy through the fucking stage. That was about the last time I really gave a shit about Braun Strowman. I didn't. Yeah. Didn't really care for him in his universal title run, even though it led to Bray Wyatt getting another title. So like that was a plus, but I really feel like they just, they waited too long to do it with him. And now that they have all of the momentum they had beforehand is just kind of gone away. And I didn't need to see him in three matches. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how you fix Braun Strowman. Uh, First of all, you get rid of his shitty little gloves, his stupid gardening gloves uh, his stupid little dry fit tight t-shirt. Um, like you said, don't overexpose him by having, having him be in three matches. Uh, and four, 
Don't have him fucking talk so much. His corny ass, let me tell you something. And he grabs the mic and he shakes his this. It's like you're a goofball. You're a big ass goofball that happens to have muscles. Like, fuck off, Braun Strowman. I also don't know when he, like, just because Shane called him stupid, all of a sudden he's a baby face now because we were going down a road where, like, he was whining and crying about basically the same thing Sammy was. Oh, there's a conspiracy against me. You guys are screwing me, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I thought that's where we're going. I'm like, all right, like, I'll take crybaby Braun Strowman, whatever. But then now Shane called him stupid, and all of a sudden we're supposed to cheer the guy. Like, yeah, he's big. Came out to help Drew. He's literally becoming big show in every single way. He he flips and flops so much that you don't have time to care about him. He should be an attraction, and they're not treating him that way. Oh, uh, duh. Swallow, Seamus, open challenge. Uh, We got to see Humberto come back again. Seamus is like, listen, I told you you weren't worth it the first time. Why are you back here, kid? And uh, Humberto, he got a little. He got a little offense in there on Sheamus, kind of took it to him. So props to Sheamus, who has been fantastic, who has been physical, who has put on some of the best matches on Raw, getting a guy like Humberto, who for a while I just didn't give a shit about, Mm -hmm. and building him up and starting to make me kind of get behind him because now he's a fighter. Now he's, I'm not going to, okay, I took an ass whooping, I'm back. Okay, I took another ass whooping, but now I'm going to hit you back. So. I want to see Sheamus versus Humberto actually have a match now. So props to them for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, other than that, I either don't care or I'm spitting. So uh, Monday Night Raw, spit or swallow? I'm going to spit. One, one thing I want to acknowledge about Raw is the fucking retribution. I don't know. Are they retribution still? Who knows? They might as they well still be. have the same stupid names. They just put face paint on and took the mask off. It's like why? Yeah. You have Dominic Dijakovic. Who is literally? It's he's on a silver platter for you guys. He's good looking. He's big. He's strong. He can talk. Like, why do you have to give him this goofy shit? Call him T Bar so people can call him T Bag. It's, it's such like, good shit. <laughs> it's just like, look, it'll all be it'll all be fixed if Keith Lee comes back, and there's some involvement there because if we remember last time we saw. Dominic Dijakovic as himself was in NXT when he got choked out by Karrion Cross when Keith Lee was there and he could have prevented it, but he didn't. So if they, if there's like a tie in there and that brings back out the, you know, Dijak or whatever, just him as himself, I'll be fine with it. But as of right now, it just seems like unnecessary. There's so much that they could be doing with Keith Lee. And I think of it every week and it disappoints me. Like (laughs) again, you could have him come out and deal with retribution because they're the ones that kind of took him out. Along with the Hurt Business. He had issues with the Hurt Business. Why did MVP not come out after T-Bar and Mace jumped Drew? Said the Hurt Business has expanded. These are the new guys that are joining Bobby Lashley, taking their masks off and said, we're not going to do the stupid shit that Ali did and call them Mace and T-Bar. This is Dominic Dijakovic. This is Dio Madden. And with me at their side, they're going to be two of the baddest men on this roster they are now the hurt business and then you bring back like you said keith lee for that you bring back keith lee for sheamus who is a heel for this open challenge because they had an issue yep like there's so much they could be doing with keith lee and where the fuck is he is he still is he injured i don't think he is i've seen him tweet stuff where he's just like don't worry guys be patient like 
and it doesn't yeah. sound like be patient. I'm, I'm getting better. It's like, be patient. They're going to put me on TV again, eventually. Like, yeah, at least, at least it's not just like on main event or something. Yeah. It's like, so it's a good sign that he's just off TV so that they, when they, when he comes back, hopefully he'll have a purpose. So he's not like an Ali or a ricochet who they just throw in main event and hey, you guys wrestle for a little bit. I agree. Um, yeah, I'm spitting raw as well. We want to go next NXT or AEW. Uh, let's go. Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's go AEW. All right. I got to remember to jump back to the, the bottom of raw on my notes. <laughs> um, we kick it off. So instead of ending the show with a huge brawl, we start the show with a big brawl. Um, you got hangman page coming out. He's jumped by team Taz. Dark order comes in, makes a save. Brian cage hits him with the power bomb. Then uh, cage ends up beating Adam page, giving him his first loss since uh, Kenny Omega um, on this run that he's been on. We got a promo from the elite where Kenny babbles about stuff that I don't care about. Uh, we got the Bucks defeating the Seidel's. We get an SCU promo talking about how the new Bucks suck and SCU talking about how they're number one contenders and remind us that if they do lose a tag team match, they are done. So, hey, we're number one contenders. And if you beat us, we're no longer a tag team. Um, we got Jade basically saying she doesn't share her money with anyone. She's like, that bitch. Yeah, she's that bitch. You you can try and manage me, but you all keep asking for money, and I don't share my money, and I respect that. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Penta, which I have a lot to say about. Um, Britt Baker interview where she talks about how she has worked her way up. She is now the number one contender with a ranking of eight and two. Again, something that I have a lot to say about, but on a better note. Um, Pinnacle and Inner Circle Parlay. You got FTR and Spears doing great work on the mic. Um, Jericho got angry, more good shit. Then we're supposed to get Kingston versus Nakazawa. Eddie Kingston's like, nope, not fucking doing it. Calls out Kenny. Kenny refuses. So Kingston takes out Nakazawa, says he's going to break his leg. Kenny, uh, says, fuck it. Go ahead. Break his leg. I don't care about him. Um, sends out Brandon Cutler. Mox shows up, grabs Kenny, throws him in the ring. They're going to break Kenny's leg. Unless Don gives him a tag team match, tag team match next week. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got a Taz interview where Christian puts Taz in his place and basically says, You used to be a badass. You're not a badass anymore. Now you surround yourself by a bunch of badasses and leech off their fame. And that's what you want to do with me. Got him. Uh, Penelope Ford loses to Chris Statlander. And then uh, the factory defeats the family. Um, I'm going to call them two pistols uh in the sons of billy gunn uh they are now two pistols (laughs) um attack qt and then the factory comes back to save them qt goes to the bus that they stole cody's there they brawl cody taps out qt on top of the bus i feel like that was glazed over too that there was literally grand theft auto involved here yeah it's whatever uh we got miro crushing kip's arm and then saying okay now that i hurt you we're okay um, and then 10 loses to Darby in the main event. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky jump Darby and Sting. Okay. Archer and 10 come back out and run them off. Uh, yeah. What are you swallowing from the show? Um, well, I'll swallow that, uh, that SCU, like their whole, I'll swallow their promo. I thought the promo was really good um, after that tag title match. Or was it a title match in the beginning? Or was it was a tag match. It was just beginning. tag match. Um, I like the build, how, you know, if they, uh, if they lose another match, they can't team anymore. I think that's a good story going there. And it makes every match that they're in matter 
So I like all that. And I like how they built themselves to be the number one contenders. So the fact that they're the number one contenders makes sense. Um, yeah, I like all that. The only with SCU, the only gripe I have is I, I don't probably because it was on dark and I didn't see it, but I don't like that Scorpio sky is just all of a sudden no longer part of SCU and we don't talk about it. Yeah, that's a thing they do with the uh, the death triangle too. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, I'm okay with it in some way, but some acknowledgement would be nice. It's uh, like when they broke up X Factor and they didn't really acknowledge it. I'm with you on that. Uh, I want to swallow Brit's interview, uh, and here's why. I've complained week after week about the ranking system because I didn't feel like they were utilizing it properly. And now I will say the one place I've always felt that they've utilized it properly is their women's division for as much shit as the women's division gets. And this is a perfect example. Britt yeah. came out, said, I'm the face. I'm this, I'm that, even though I lost Thunder Rosa, you know, great heel promo. And then she's like, I'm going to go out on elevation and dark and I'm going to win matches and I'm going to become number one contender. And then I'm going to fucking beat Sheeta. And she went out and did it. And now here she is eight and two number one ranked and she's like told you i was gonna do it now i'm gonna take her fucking belt and that's the way you utilize rankings that's the way you build somebody up to be a number one contender when you have a ranking system in place and make me care and be interested in it yeah yeah she said uh, i'm gonna go on these youtube shows be a couple jobbers uh, you know milk my my record up and then uh yeah that's pretty much it I, i wish I like the ranking system. I want to like the ranking system, I guess. It's just just weird to me that it's just wins and losses. I feel like because you you get the same benefit from beating like John Moxley that you would from beating Dolph Ziggler's brother. Like it's like kind of weird in that aspect. But I I do like that they're kind of trying to focus on it more as far as who gets title matches. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, there's definitely tweaks that can be made. I also feel like there should be a separate TNT and AEW World Heavyweight ranking system because if you're number one contender for singles male how do you determine who gets you know what belt you're going for is everyone just going for the AEW title because he does open challenges every week for the tnt title and it doesn't matter like right is darby allen with all of the wins he racks up every week going to be number one contender for the AEW title does he even rank like yeah i don't know so um i'm also swallowing the uh parlay between the pinnacle and the inner circle i, I feel mm-hmm. like this did a lot more for the pinnacle than it did the inner circle, but the inner circle's already kind of been established. So they came out on their motorcycles, which was cool. And they didn't come out on their motorcycles. Some other security guards did, which I thought was a weird move. It's like, hey, I have cool friends. Look at my cool <laughs> friends as I just walk out. Like it was kind of corny to me. Well, they had a motorcycle escort. You are correct. Um they came Sean's- from different places. They weren't escorted. They just, the bikes came from over here and they came out the tunnel. But it, it's kind of an escort. Like the bikes came with them. Like, okay, so you have some motorcycles around. Who cares? Who gives a fuck. God damn it! You're just, you're just such an Undertaker, Mark. You're such an American badass, Mark. That you'll you're you're a Mark from motorcycles. I think is the thing. I mean, I was a huge fan of Chuck Palumbo when I he stole the Undertaker's God, gimmick. <laughs> um, but no, you had F, you had Sean Spears come here, and Sean Spears cut a great promo. A guy who. Yeah you know, came to AEW thinking that this was going to be where he shined. He was going to get the opportunities that he didn't get in WWE and really show what he had to do because he was going to have his creative freedom. And after losing to Cody is kind of floundered, you know, they, they stuck him with Tully and that didn't really take him anywhere. And, you know, it's kind of been off the rails for him and now he's back and again, cut a great promo on Sammy Guevara on them took 
the uh, didn't even give Inner Circle the chance. Said we have the advantage because you baited us into this match. We didn't want to be in this match. You guys did this, so we're taking the advantage. FTR, same thing, cutting down proud and powerful, saying don't bring these guys to that match because these guys are going to get their ass kicked. We want the old proud and powerful, the badasses, the guys that you need to be worried about. Um, Jericho getting really angry and saying, you haven't earned shit, kid. You're right. I was a curtain jerker at 25 in WCW. That's how I earned where I'm at. You haven't earned anything. And if you want it, you're going to earn it. You're not going to take it. Um, The whole thing was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's very, because it was a tape show, right? So yeah, Jericho got a lot of criticism for his promo last week which at the time of this tape, and you probably didn't see it, or he definitely didn't see. But you know you know he knew that his promo before this wasn't good. So I feel like he really, like, he probably, like, looked in the mirror and practiced it a thousand times before he, before he but it was good. It was a damn good promo from, uh, from Jericho and everybody. My favorite person in this whole parlay was uh, Jake Hager, actually. Really? Because he didn't talk. Yeah, that was a plus. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was the best part. The more they do with him uh, not talking, the better. Absolutely. Him and Wardlow just stared longingly into each other's eyes in the background. Um, I'm also going to swallow, even though I don't really understand who's in the Nightmare family, uh, I'm going to swallow that match just because I really did enjoy how the factory stole the bus. And then even though, you know, it's kind of predictable, but QT escapes the bus and then there's Cody waiting. And now Cody is wailing on QT Mm -hmm. after what happened between them. Figure four on the top of the bus. Oh, that was good shit. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. you got anything else you're swallowing from the show? Um, I'll swallow some of that. The uh, the factory nightmare family stuff. It's because it's like I'm just wondering where the end game is here. Because QT is no threat to Cody, and it seems like that would be the logical like final culmination of this whole thing. But it's like I don't know. It's more factions. It's like why isn't Anthony a go go wrestling, and why is uh qt not more of a manager kind of figure here i think that would make more sense um and speaking of a go-go the whole like body shot i like in some ways but also it's like when he comes to having actual matches like how is that gonna translate like what is he gonna do because if a punch to the the liver knocks his opponents out like what else can he do that won't knock him out yeah so it's like i don't know but I, we'll give it time i'll give it time i guess a lot of these guys are uh they're just getting TV time, really. So maybe he could do a heart punch and just kill somebody. That that's where they take it. Yeah, that's where it just rips it out and it's beaten. Yeah. I like it. Fatality. What if he Johnny Cage is somebody like a uh, Matt Jackson did? That would be fantastic. Just has two testicles in his hands. Um, what are you spitting from this show? Um, nothing really like terrible from this show. I it was kind of like weird that it ended the almost the exact same way that last week did like you mean every weekends yeah i mean uh, i don't know it's it's weird how scorpio and ethan page are teaming when they like were, were the whole thing of them breaking up from their old teams was hey now we're no longer a tag team now i'm a singles guy now they're just back together i don't know it's a whole weird thing i don't even know if they have a plan for them honestly I don't either. Um, I'm spitting OC versus Penta. And here's why I'm spitting OC versus Penta. Um, I'm not saying it was a bad match, but there was a there's a few things. So one, I want to see Orange Cassidy do what I fell in love with Orange Cassidy doing. And that is Orange Cassidy kind of being that 
I'm so good at wrestling. I don't need to put in effort. And I wanted to see Penta go after Orange Cassidy and just have him kind of duck and dodge and dip until Penta got his hands on him and started beating him so badly that he had to fight back. But also, I do not ever want to see anyone in wrestling take five super kicks and a Canadian destroyer and then stand up like nothing happened. Not Orange Cassidy, not Roman Reigns, not the fucking Undertaker should take five, five super kicks and a Canadian destroyer and not sell it at all. Well, to be fair, it was a Mexican destroyer, so maybe it's just weaker. I just that shit bugs the shit out of me. That is the <laughs> one thing in AEW that absolutely drives me nuts is you can't do that shit, and it's part of the reason why because I notice it a lot with the Lucha Bros matches where they just kind of don't seem to care about stuff like that. Yeah. I have a hard time enjoying them. Um, Whether it's in a tag match where they just ignore the fact that they need a tag in and out, which is super fucking lazy because they just don't, oh, well, we'll just do whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you do this match, and it's on Orange Cassidy because he's, like, I'm not putting this on Penta because Orange Cassidy is the one that did it. But I see it a lot when people wrestle the Lucha Bros, so I don't know if they're putting the matches together or what, where you, you hit this whole series of moves and then you, you get the big move and then the guy just stands up like nothing happens and they just roll into the next spot and it's like no register sell something yeah because it makes nothing means anything if nothing hurts you it's just that weird like because that's like that lucha style and it's just like an awkward like transition into the american product when you have like a lucha match and then you have like it's surrounded by traditional american style stuff so I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm with you. It's it's hard to watch sometimes. It's like, why why watch if nothing means anything? And I kind of get it with Penta because I guess Penta doesn't really, like, he registers, but he doesn't really sell much, and that's kind of his mm. character. He's Mexican Undertaker, whatever you want to call it. Like, mm. you know, he's got that, the look, and, you yeah. know, he's a hard-hitting guy, and he doesn't register a lot, and so that's fine, but his opponent shouldn't also be doing it because he's doing it. Like, right. Yeah, it's just how, uh, like I said, it's awkward like transition or translation with their opponent. You also, uh, you're a fan of Alex? No, I'm not. You don't, you don't like his Penta says, like, why does this guy have so much boxing? He's a fucking translator. <laughs> he was a fucking commentator who they just randomly said, hey, uh, Penta doesn't speak good English. Can you do that for him? And now <laughs> he's interrupting matches and dropping mics in the ring for Orange Cassidy to use and. I don't mind him being a manager and like doing that whole thing, but it's weird him coming out in this leather jacket, dancing to the music, but just be like a guy that walks behind him. You don't need to yeah. do all the uh, pomp and circumstance. Yeah. I mean, I, if you want to have personality and they're going to let you have personality, I guess have personality, but yeah. yeah. Uh, you spin or swallow in NX or uh, AEW? Um, I'll give it a swallow. You know, like, there wasn't much that I like really, really disliked. Um, the parlay was great. Uh, matches were as good as they usually are on AEW, so I'll give her a swallow. I almost, almost, almost spit the opening match, and then I had time to think about it, and I realized Cage probably not, probably would not have won had he not got that power bomb pre-match. Yeah, sure. So then I was like, "All right, that makes sense." So I'll let that slide. So uh, I'm gonna swallow because also we didn't talk about it, but I thought Chris Statlander both physically and in ring looked fantastic. I really like her with the brunette hair. Penelope Ford reminds me of Lana, like she's AEW's Lana, which is not a yeah. good thing for her. No. Um, 
in the way she works a little better than Lana, but in the way she works and the way she looks, she's basically just AW Lana. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into NXT. Finally here. Uh, we got Dakota Kai losing to Mercedes Martinez via DQ because Raquel said, fuck this and got involved and beats down and brutalizes Mercedes Martinez. We got an interview with my favorite tag team in the world, the fire pit. Um, they get flowers from uh, supposedly Dexter Loomis. And then instead of fawning over who gave them flowers, Ember's like, no, bitch, I'm married. These are yours. And Shotzi's like, Mm-mm, they're not mine. They're yours. And like, they fight over who didn't get the flowers. Like it's probably Angel Garza. Um, Frankie shows up, introduces herself, uh, basically reads that the cards from Dexter Loomis for them then we got grimes going to a jeweler to buy a watch and once again being upstaged by ted dibiase who shows up <laughs> DiBiase! i just i want to know like i loved it but like also how did dibiase just does he have someone following cameron grimes and know like where he is and what he's doing like <laughs> why is he keeping such good tabs on what cameron grimes is doing that he's buying his nfts He's <laughs> following him to a jewelry store just to be like, oh, that's a nice watch, but it's not this watch, bitch. Like, more like troll DBRC, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got a GYV promo about MSK not deserving to be champs. Chopper and Thatcher interrupt. Uh, they said that they want a rematch against uh, GYV. They keep calling Thatcher Toothless Timmy. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. They're really trying to give it over, get it over. Then uh, Thatcher cuts a terrible promo where he just starts doing the NXT UK chant of uh, the shoes off for if you hate Gibson uh-huh. um, and like yelling it in Gibson's face. And then Ciampa jumps Gibson and uh, his tag team partner, whose name's eluding me at the moment. Uh, J- James Drake. Yes, James Drake. Um, and then they run off. As they do. Dane and Maverick have an interview. And I love this because Maverick's like, dude, I watch wrestling my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I know how this is going to go. Either you're going to go out there and jump me before the match starts, or I'm going to go there to tag you and you're not going to be there. And they play into it in the match. And I absolutely fucking loved it. So we'll get into yeah. that a little bit more. Um, we got a Tian Shah package, um, a swerve package where he wants rough in a false count anywhere match. The Tian Shah package, like there's not much to say. It was just like Zaya speaking Chinese. And then, Two other faces showed up. So where yeah. the fuck did Zylee go? Um, <laughs> Cake boss Tony Storm loses to Zeta Ramir. Uh, thanks to Zoe Stark. Legato Del Fantasma cuts a promo on MSK and Kushida for their match later in the night. LA Knight hits on Indy via an interview uh, because, you know, he beat Dexter Loomis and now he's going to take Dexter's girl. Um, yeah. Everrise comes in to get interviewed and gets ignored. Um, Bronson defeats Austin Theory. Poor Indy is just sad the whole time. Dexter comes down to apologize, and she says he talks too much and avoids her. <laughs> Shut up. Ends up saving her from a collision and getting sent through a table himself. Um, and then she leaves. Then we've got Johnny and Candace gaslighting Indy about the fire pit uh, to fuel that feud. Imperium defeats Dane and Maverick. Uh, Wolf chooses not to hit Dane with the chair. 
Pete Dunn promo. Everyone's scared of Pete Dunn, or at least Pete Dunn thinks everyone's scared of Pete Dunn. Fire Pit versus the Robert Stone brand. Uh, never gets started because Candace and Indy jump them after they receive more gifts from Dexter Loomis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Robert Stone brand celebrate like they won the tag titles. That was great. It's great. Finally gets Aaliyah some, uh, some title time. Yeah. Uh, we got touch it. Adam Cole interview. Uh, diamond mine promo that for until NXT posted on Twitter, I didn't even think was part of NXT. Like I thought it was yeah, some yeah. MMA thing that they were doing on USA. And I was like, Oh, everyone just thinks this is NXT, but then NXT posted. I'm like, okay, now I'm the dumb one. <laughs> and then uh legato del Fantasma defeats MS Kushida. Love it. What are you swallowing from this? Well, uh, obviously you got to swallow DiBiase. Yes. Cameron Grimes, that whole deal. I'm wondering if uh, if that's just like a one-off or if uh, DiBiase's just around and maybe he'll be Cameron Grimes' manager or something. I think there's uh, you know money, no pun intended, in that. Um, I'd like to see DiBiase actually manage somebody else in a feud against Cameron Grimes. So Cameron's... Mm, Tyler Rust. There you go. Cameron's sick of DiBiase, upstaging him. He calls out DiBiase and DiBiase's like, well, I'm not going to fight you, but I got someone who will. Yeah. Maybe DiBiase is the leader of the Diamond Mind or mine. I think, uh, yeah. I'm wondering if that's like a faction of a like MMA type of wrestlers. Like Tyler Rust is one. Uh, who's the guy? The Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He was on Raw Underground. Arturo oh, Ruas. Yeah, Ruas. Yeah, it's like guys like that that like haven't had a lot of TV time but have like legitimate backgrounds. Desmond Duke them. and Marina Shafir. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think it'll be something along those lines. Because at least NXT will do factions with women and men in them. Right, yeah. Um, what else are you swallowing? Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I'll swallow just like the women's division in general. I love how they have so many different things going on at the same time. You have the title feud with Raquel and Mercedes. You have tony and zoe starks feuding while also giving a a boost to uh, what's her name zeta ramir um the tag title situation you have so many women and you have so many different things going on at the same time while not feeling too overwhelming within the show so they got it figured out as everyone on that listens to the show knows i am a huge shotzi blackheart stan uh when i was watching what the fuck i was watching something and oh no i've so uh vince's sister uh at punk by nature if you guys want to go follow her on twitter she makes stickers and i've got my nintendo switch case and it's got my shotzi blackheart sticker that i bought from her on there and my baby was playing with it my daughter and i whispered to her uh, in front of my wife that's your that's your new stepmommy um and then my wife hit me and yelled at me (laughs) um but uh no I, i love everything they're doing with the fire pit I really enjoy Ember and Shotzi together. I like how they're yeah. using Dexter Loomis to kind of make Indy jealous and fuel her because since this Dexter Indy thing has happened, I've given a hundred times more of a shit about Indy Hartwell than I did prior to this. And they're not using it as like a, Oh, she's Dexter's girl. Like they're building her into her own character through it more right. so than they're really building Dexter with this feud and using it as motivation for her to go out and possibly win the tag team titles with Candice. Like, yeah, as you said, Zeta Maria or Zeta Ramir, in my opinion, had her one, two, three kid moment where she hit the shooting star press on Tony storm 
out of nowhere, got the one, two, three, big surprise, kind of like that moonsault from one, two, three kid on Razor Moan that got yeah. him that pin. And Zoe looks fucking awesome. She's got a presence about her when she comes down to the ring. I don't know what it is, but you can tell like she's a big deal. She yeah. can do these things. She's got that feel about her. So I'm really interested to see how they're using her. And I love that, as you said, Tony and Zoe are their own thing. It's not involved in right. Raquel and Mercedes, which is its own thing. It's not involved in the fire pit and Candace, which is its own thing. And then you still also have whatever feud is going on between Tian Sha and uh, Team American Ninja. Right, right. Um, yeah. Over there, whenever they come back from their injuries. So, yeah, they're knocking that out of the park. Um, main event was a great match, great six man tag for what it was. Yeah. Um, I like that Legato got the win here. Did they win the title? Like, was that that match wasn't for the titles, though, right? No, no. Okay. It was a six man tag. They all held up the titles at the end, and I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, I can't believe Kushida lost the title after just winning it. I'm like, I don't think that was a title match. There's stupid people online, I think. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the reason for that. Um, Dana Maverick. So I, I talked about the interview and, Dana, and Maverick's mistrust, but the fact that they played into it in the match, which normally I don't give a shit about killing Dana and Drake Maverick matches, but when Drake is in there and he's getting his ass kicked, and Killian Dane gets pulled down from the apron and yeah. Maverick goes to tag. And then his worst nightmare from the interview is realized and he's not there to take right, the yeah. tag. Like, <laughs> I love that storytelling. I that love that great. they put that in the match. That was a great idea. Um, also, Alexander Wolf's hesitation to attack Killian Dane because he still has hopes that he can bring him in mm -hmm. um, and being, you know, confused and all that. So I, I actually enjoyed that stuff from them um yeah it's weird though because there's clearly uh there's tension within imperium so i'm wondering if they're going to stick together like those three that are currently there or if it's going to be like dane and uh wolf become a team and then the other guys become a team and if walter is even going to be a part of it anymore i was going to say if and alexander wolf tears apart walter's team walter needs to come down and beat alexander wolf's ass <laughs> like i let you be in charge for two weeks yeah and it's <laughs> all fell job. apart like all you had to do was just be Imperium and you fucked right. it up. Um, <laughs> are you spitting anything from the show? Um, the only thing I'll, you kind of touched on it earlier, the silly promo with Thatcher and uh, Champa. First of all, I hate the, um, the comment that uh, Vic Joseph made when uh, you know, Champa and Thatcher came out and Vic Joseph's like, Hey, Timothy Thatcher's back. Like, he was literally here last week. Yeah. You saw you you watched the show. This, this is like whole thing pisses me off because it was Champa versus Imperium with Thatcher being the one that they were recruiting. And then Thatcher just disappeared for three weeks. And we don't acknowledge that Thatcher was ever thinking about enjoying or joining Imperium. That Thatcher wasn't there to have Champa's back. Now we're calling him Toothless Timmy. And the thing is, I love Champa in ring. Like when he made that heel turn. I became a huge Champa fan because I'm one of those shitty wrestling fans that we talked about in the beginning right. of the show <laughs> that when someone goes bad, I'm like, Oh, this guy's great. Like, I'm not going to do what you tell me. Exactly. Um, so I just, and I don't want, of, I, I, I don't want Tommaso to fall back into, cause he made so much progress in his mat with match with Walter. He came back, he was bald. He had his old trunks, his old jacket, his old, old aggression. And I'm, I'm worried he's just going to fall back into like a background guy with this. Yeah. 
just it's one of those rare instances with NXT where they just kind of dropped the ball on a story that they were telling and then did the yeah. old WWE thing where, oh, well, if we just don't talk about it, people will eventually forget. Like, I'll be, I, I forgot about the whole Imperium thing. That's kind of why I was I kind of gave it I was lenient on it in the beginning because I thought this would lead to Timothy Thatcher joining Imperium, which I thought would have been pretty neat. But like it seems like they're just kind of backed off from that entirely. How'd you feel about the Adam Cole interview where he says wherever he ends up doesn't allude to him coming back to NXT and then Kyle O'Reilly watching the interview at the end? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was fine with it. Uh, I guess there'll be a rematch of some sort, which is weird because their last match was so like long and brutal and intense. Like, how do you like build off of that, like to another match? Well, if they do it like, we got with Champa and Gargano. I mean, their matches were also takeover matches that were long and brutal. You had takeover Chicago too, which was a street fight. You know, you had a last man standing match between those guys. And then you had the one final beat. So mm-hmm. there are places they can go. Um, yeah. But like with Gargano and Champa, you started out with the singles match and then you had the street fight. And then the last man, like kind of like built on yeah. top of each other, but they Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole started with an unsanctioned match. And then, like, I don't know. And I would argue Gargano and Champa went on longer than it should have. But um, who knows? I mean, it's fine. I, I don't hate it uh, as of yet. I thought his promo was good. I thought he was uh, a proper dick uh, to the, the ESPN guy that was interviewing him out in this pool looking like a douche. I like, I like the promo as, as itself. All right. Um, also, we talked about, you know, Kai versus Martinez was a good match. Raquel, that, that was women's stuff. I don't think there's anything else I'm spitting. Um, I, I absolutely love everything they do with Dexter Loomis on NXT and the way yeah. they weaved him through the show. Uh, NXT, Swallow? I'm a Swallow. I also like that uh, the Swerve promo, even though yeah. it's kind of short and kind of whatever. I, his promos, like in his studio with the, the, the beat in the background, he, he's a really good promo, too, that I think flies under the radar. I think Swerve needs to be like more of a factor in NXT. In my so you, you spit Raw, so Raw Ra's off the table. Uh, which yeah. it is just about every week. Uh, you swallowed SmackDown. You swallowed AEW. You swallowed NXT. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was kind of a reluctant AEW swallow, so I'm guessing your choices between Best Show of the Week or NXT and SmackDown? Yeah, I plugged my nose and swallowed AEW. One of those deals. So uh, would you like better, SmackDown or NXT? I'm going to go ahead and say SmackDown, just because NXT felt like a normal NXT. It was good, but it felt like an you know run-of-the-mill NXT episode. SmackDown felt epic. Like it felt I was I was watching it last night with the softest part of the ring. And she was she was watching this world title match. She's like, wow, I'm surprised this isn't a pay-per-view. Like she said that to me, like unprompted. So it like clearly had like that big fight feel to it throughout the entire show. And all in all, I thought SmackDown was a really fun show to watch. By the way, even though I said it on Twitter, uh, in person, congratulations on your engagement oh, uh, to the you. softest part of the ring. Thank I am now waiting for her uh, debut on the show because in all the years <laughs> I've watched wrestling, I have never, ever, ever heard a commentator say, that's <laughs> the, the softest, softest part, part of the ring. Of the ring. So I, I'm waiting that, for it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> one day, um, one day. I'm with you. I'm going to go SmackDown mostly for that main event um like i said that it felt pay-per-view quality and they built the whole show around it i think they did a great job whereas i loved the fact that shotzi and ember were a and dexter loomis were a major factor throughout nxt again like you said it it had that big fight feel so right as per the smack and raw podcast and the apron bump podcast smackdown is the best show of the week 
Oh, just one thing. Old school SmackDown. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Yes. It's another aspect that we need to, I mean, not, not much to say about it, but I'm just really pumped. I hope we see the, the fist. Hopefully we yes. get some fisting next week. Yes, we are all about fisting here on the Smack and Raw podcast. <laughs> um, also, they added a bunch of matches to Blood and Guts, which originally I believe right. they told us was going to be a one-match event, and then a week later they added like five matches. So Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, um, we, we need to do something about this. I think uh, the discussion we had last week where it was like, uh, how do you do a two-hour show with one match? They're like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. So we we have that to look forward to, Blood and Guts, next week, and I'm excited about that. So next week's going to be a fucking cool week. You get, mm-hmm. you know, that retro SmackDown. Uh, you have a new episode coming out next week. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and plug your shit. Absolutely. Yeah, the Apron Bump podcast uh you can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts on youtube as well uh retro reviews from uh several different promotions all across the world over uh the span of four different decades um whether you want to listen to you know old school wwf uh progress tna ring of honor all of that a lot of variety on my podcast i'd like to bring on uh, different guests every week mr matt ritter has been on a few of them will be on some in the future as well have a, uh, a a great uh, episode from last week that Matt was on, along with Kenny from the Kenny for Your Thoughts and Joey from the Angle Podcast, where we uh, reviewed Royal Rumble 1995, and then we did a watch along of the Rumble match itself. Super fun time, and uh, yeah, ApronBump.com for all full episodes, and uh, yeah, smooches. We uh, we went an entire show without talking about Mantar or penis. Actually, I don't know. Well, we we talked about the dick punch, but. I can't believe this right. is probably the first show you and I have done together where we haven't talked about someone's penis. Well, we should probably just scrap this whole thing and do it again. Then. Yeah, we'll just start over. Fuck it. <laughs> um, as you guys know, you guys can find me at Matt Ritter on Twitter. Uh, that's at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. Also, go check out at Smackin' a Raw Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Vince isn't here, but you guys can follow him at SES Vince. Uh, he should be back next week. So we are looking forward to that. I do have... Uh, something planned for our 200th episode which we are closing in on within about six weeks so stay tuned for that should be something fun uh, and exciting so is it an all nude episode it is actually um, oh sorry to spoil it it's basically so travis does this thing for creation world which you guys can find at the creation world on twitter and instagram or on facebook at facebook.com slash creation world which is the banner under which the smack and raw podcast exists where he and uh, my buddy john review the marvel shows on um disney plus with puppets so what travis and i are going to do is peanut penis puppeteering for the two on this episode it's literally just going to be travis's dick and my dick and then we'll talk wrestling but it'll look like our penises are talking with tie a little string on it oh dance it around yeah that's fun do the penis puppeteering for you like bend it and make it an eiffel tower like that kind of whatever it's called i like that that's cool yeah I'm going to try and get recon. I haven't told him about this yet, so I'm just going to surprise him and be like, hey, right. by the way, whip your dick out. <laughs> it's on Pornhub. That's, a, that's somebody's fetish out there. So, so. Um, Also, you guys can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash smacking it raw. Um, also, go check out, if you are a fan of the DC superhero shows on the CW, uh, they are running Super Flashy Arrow, so go check them out, facebook.com slash group slash Super Flashy Arrow tomorrow. You guys can get that everywhere you guys find us uh link trees for Pornhub and youtube or on my twitter you guys can find all that shit there but if you're listening to the show you already know that so why the fuck haven't you subscribed to our youtube yet yeah. frustrate me so Take much 
I love you for <laughs> listening, but you frustrate me so much because even though I don't know how many people listen to my podcast, Travis tells me a lot more people listen to it than subscribe to the YouTube. So yeah, yeah, more people listen to mine than watch on YouTube. If that means anything to you, I don't know. What it, porn, I don't know what your Pornhub numbers are, but uh, last I checked, we had 17 subscribers on Pornhub, which I feel like is a that's high crazy. accomplishment because <laughs> the fact that I got 17 people to go subscribe to us on Pornhub like makes me happy. The fact that five people did it would have made me happy, right. but 17 of you, I, I really do appreciate that. And uh, we've got a, almost 100 views on a few episodes over there. So like, hey, fucking sweet. Like, right? Oh, who man. else? Who else can say they've got 100 views on Pornhub? Like, I had a Pornhub joke that I was going to open this with. And you can just, you can just, you can just. You know, splice it and put it in the beginning, right? Yeah, I'll tell Travis. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'm making my Pornhub debut. What am I, like your step co-host or something? Pause for laughter. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and if you enjoyed that and that kind of humor, you get a lot of that over on the Apron Bump show. Please go check out the Apron Bump podcast. Uh, he does great intros where he basically makes fun of his guests before he has them on. And, uh, Fuck these guys. The shows all start with him just like not telling us he's recording, and then he just kind of starts recording and <laughs> cuts in wherever he feels like it. So uh, you get some really fun, interesting talk yeah, there. So I, go I check get all the out. all the racial slurs and all the all that stuff. That was just you and Kenny. So I'm not. Nah, taking well, you know. <laughs> I uh, we had a talk last episode or not last episode. The last episode I had uh, Reek and Justin on, where uh, we were talking about racial slurs and like how I don't use the n-word in rap songs and i have come to mm. replace it with fella and it works perfect <laughs> so fella, next time you fella yeah exactly so next time you're singing a rap song and the n-word comes up you just say fella instead but that, that's, that's a, a tightrope it's the clean version i guess <laughs> that's what they should have on the radio so all right i appreciate you coming on here yeah, for, for me. the hardest part of the ring i am the warden matt ritter we are smacking it raw we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs>